Nehemiah chapter 8, I'll be reading from verses 9 and 10. Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 9 and 10. Very familiar phrase. I would not say scripture because you probably don't know or won't recognize from the beginning. But a very familiar phrase in the text that we're going to read this evening. Nehemiah chapter 8, beginning with verse 9. And Nehemiah, which is the Tirshatha, and Ezra, the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. Isn't that like God? Amen. Go eat and drink, but make sure you take care of those who don't have anything. It goes on to say, For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, so stop weeping. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I want to preach for a few moments from this subject. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. Come on, somebody. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Somebody, the old, the old comedian said, if you're happy, you need to tell your face about it. Amen. If you're happy, you need to tell your praise about it. If you've got the joy of the Holy Ghost, uh, amen, you may need to remind, uh, amen, your voice and your face uh, and your hands. Amen. He's been good to me. He's blessed me. Uh, he's worthy of all praise. Uh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I'm asking you, Lord, to anoint your word, Lord. Let it be used for your glory. Or in this place, I'm asking, Lord, that in the next few moments, God, you'd speak to us, minister to us, touch us, God, and forever change us. In Jesus' name, would you say amen? Amen. You may be seated. I've heard, I've, I've told this story before, but I, I heard Brother Brian Kinsey, the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola, Florida, preaching a message one time, and he told of a story where uh, Brother T.W. Barnes cornered him one day. Brother Barnes was an old prophet of God. Amen. He's he's passed on now, but when I was a young man, he was uh, lived in Louisiana, and he was he was a man used mightily by God and the prophetic gifts. and And that old prophet pointed his bony finger at Brother Kinsey's face. And this is what he said to him. He said, Brian, you don't enjoy the battle anymore. And he said, oh boy, you better make up your mind that every morning when you wake up, uh, you're going to have to unsheath your sword uh, and prepare yourself for war because Satan's never going to give up. He'll never cease to try to take you down. And if you make it to heaven, if you walk through those pearly gates, uh, you better listen carefully as they close behind you because you're going to hear the rat-a-tat-tat uh, of hell's arrows uh, as he makes his final last-ditch effort uh, to stop you from realizing God's perfect will for your life. 
I come to this pulpit on a Sunday night to acknowledge the fact that hell is determined to destroy you. You have an enemy that wants to stop up your well. Uh, You have an enemy that wants to cut you off uh, from the presence of God. Uh, Hell is determined uh, to undermine your spirit, uh, to rob you of your joy, uh, to rob you of the comfort uh, and the peace that comes uh, from walking with him. Uh, And if hell has his way, uh, he'll keep you from making heaven your home and nothing's going to change the fact that this accuser of the brethren this adversary of your soul the old slew-footed devil uh, isn't about to give up the fight Uh, he's not going to back down for one moment Uh, he's never going to go belly up uh, and just let you go about the business of the kingdom without a fight you might as well make up your mind Uh, when you get up in the morning uh, you're going to have to buckle on your sword Uh, you're going to have to take up your shield Uh, you're going to have to put on your helmet Uh, you have to gird yourself uh, the loins with truth uh, on the feet with the gospel of peace uh, and righteousness and the breastplate uh, of righteousness and make up your mind uh, I'm about to go into the fight uh, because there's an enemy that wants to destroy me there's an enemy that wants to kill me I wish I could tell you that by now We've overcome every demonic power in Lake City. I wish I could tell you that this church is about to march to a higher level in God without any real opposition from our adversary. I I wish I could tell you it gets easier from here on in. But in the words of that old prophet, with every new level of power that you achieve, you face new demons that are greater than any you've ever faced before. Amen. I believe this church is getting ready to go places it's never gone before. But we better make up our mind. We're going to fight for every inch of ground that we claim. We're going to fight for every soul that is saved. We're going to see revival in Lake City. But we're going to fight an enemy every step of the way. You're going to grow in your spirit. Next year, this coming year, I know we're coming up on the new year. Amen. You're going to get, you're going to get stronger in the Lord. You're going to grow in grace and mercy. You're going to become more of the people that He's called you to be. Uh, but I want you to understand your flesh uh, is going to fight you every step of the way. Uh, your flesh is going to continually resist you. This church is going to go to new levels. We're going to stand on higher ground than we've ever seen before, but it's going to be a fight. Uh, Amen. There's going to be trouble and trial. Uh, Spiritual giants are going to oppose us. Uh, Frightening storms are going to come upon us. Uh, Deep valleys are going to get in our way and are going to have to be crossed, uh, and difficult climbs uh, will have to be made. Uh, We're going to make a difference in this community, but understand this hell is going to fight us every step of the way. It was Job that said in Job 14 and 1, the days of men are few and full of trouble. That's just how it is. I I can't tell you that hell's ever going to let up. I can't tell you that the devil's ever going to turn down the pressure. Uh, But what I can tell you tonight uh, is that you better not let the battle rob you of your joy. Uh, You better not let the battle uh, rob you of the joy of serving him. Uh, You better not let the battle sap away the joy of the Holy Ghost uh, that's in your heart. You better make up your mind every morning. 
that though hell may fight you, though you may walk through the deepest, darkest valleys that you've ever faced, that though trouble may be on the horizon, though you may not know where you're going to turn or what you're going to do, uh, you need to live every day with the realization, this is a day that the Lord has made, uh, and I will rejoice uh, and be glad in it. Uh, it doesn't matter what the devil brings my way. It doesn't matter what life throws at me. It doesn't matter what happens when I walk out the door. This is a day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Mark my words tonight. When you lose your joy, you're getting ready to lose the battle. When you lose your joy, you're on the verge of losing your soul. So whatever you do, make up your mind right here and right now. I'm going to let the joy of the Lord be my strength. I'm going to let the joy of the Lord rise up within me. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I've come to this pulpit on a Sunday night to tell somebody... You need to stir up the gift that God has placed inside of you. You need to stir up a little joy in your soul. You need to get your eyes off the storm. Get your eyes off the circumstance. Get your eyes off the adversity and trouble that's in your life. Uh, and cast your eyes uh, on the wonderful grace of God. Uh, on the loving mercy of God. Uh, on the provision of God. He ain't never failed you before and he's not about to start now. Amen. His grace has always been enough. His provision has never abandoned you. His rod and his staff have always comforted you. I've come to this pulpit tonight with a mandate from God to remind you of the words of the prophet Nehemiah. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That word strength in Nehemiah 8 and 10 means stronghold or fortress. It's a place you run to and find shelter and refuge. Uh, what Nehemiah was saying was, uh, amen, whenever you begin to rejoice in the Lord, uh, it begins to fortify your soul. Uh, when you begin to rejoice in the Lord, uh, it begins to put up walls uh, in between you and your enemy. When you begin to rejoice uh, in the Lord, you know you might as well just stop right here and build a fort uh, out of joy. Uh, you might as well just stop right here and build a defensible position out of your praise and your worship because the enemy can't overcome that strength that comes from the joy of the Lord. Amen. When you begin to rejoice, it reinforces your resolve. When you begin to rejoice, it strengthens your spirit. If anybody ever had it rough, it was Paul. If anybody ever had a reason to hang their head, to get all down and out, to allow their frustrations to consume them, it was Paul. It was that apostle who was born out of season. You want to talk about pressed on every side? You want to talk about hemmed in by your by adversity and hemmed in, surrounded by opposition. Uh, amen. There were times when it seemed like everybody and everything was against Paul. The Jews hated him. 
As far as they were concerned, he was the ultimate turncloak. He was a despicable traitor. He who had marched forth with much authority and great power. He who carried in his possession letters authorizing him to persecute the Christians wherever he found them. He whose mouth had been full of threats and accusations and whose heart had been full of religious self-righteousness. He whose name was feared throughout all of Christianity. They could never fathom how he changed sides, how he crossed over. It was the greatest scandal of their day, and they despised him for the disappointment that he was to them, the great champion of their faith, the one who was going to purge the world from the Christian uh, uh, intrusion or invasion. Uh, he was now the greatest spokesman for Christ uh, that ever was. Uh, they couldn't understand it. Uh, they despised him for it. Uh, they despised him for way, the way things had worked out, uh, and so they opposed him and every turn. Uh, they rioted against him. Uh, they endeavored to stone him to death. Uh, they literally intended to kill him. Hell was bent on bringing him down. Not just the Jews, but the devil himself. All the powers and principalities of hell were arrayed against him. Demonic opposition followed him. Spirits cried out against him. Spiritual wickedness in high places brought judgments against him. They beat him. They imprisoned him. They stoned him. They, they left him for dead once uh, under a pile of stones. Uh, they tried to run him out of their cities. Uh, they met him with trial and suffering. Uh, amen. Trouble seemed to be his constant companion. Rome didn't know what to do with him. He was both a Jew and a freeborn Roman citizen. He was an educated man who spoke well and almost instantly garnered respect in any environment. Yet he was constantly at the center of civil unrest. Uh, he may have meant no harm. His teachings may have been earnest. His attitude may have been right. Uh, but in the eyes of Rome, there was no denying. Uh, he was a lightning rod for trouble. Riots followed him. Uh, strife and turmoil were always with him. Paul said it this way himself in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 24. He said, Five times I received at the hand of the Jews... Forty lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys. In danger from rivers. Danger from robbers. Dangers from my own people. Danger from Gentiles. Danger in the city. Danger in the wilderness. Danger at sea. Danger from false brethren. In toil and hardship. Uh, through many sleepless nights. Uh, in hunger and thirst. Uh, often without food. Uh, in cold and exposure. And if all of that wasn't enough. Uh, often in his ministry. He found his own brothers in the Lord standing against him. You see, God used Peter to first bring the gospel to the Gentiles. But it was Paul who became that apostle, that great missionary to the Gentile people. He was handpicked by 
God for the task of reaching the Gentiles. And he was anointed by the Holy Ghost for that specific purpose. Yet it caused him to come under great persecution even from his own brothers in the Lord. You would think that a man who faced so much opposition in the world could find a little refuge in the church house. You'd think he could find a little rest among his own brethren. But there were a lot of former Jews that had risen to leadership in the church, and they didn't take so kindly to the fact that Paul was spreading the gospel among the Gentiles. So they fought him at every turn. They struggled against him and against his Gentile converts uh, and tried to bring them under the authority of the law. And they opposed him over and over again throughout much of his ministry. And if you're the apostle Paul, you've got to expect the Jews to despise you. You've got to know that hell is going to fight you. You've got to anticipate that the Roman Empire is going to come after you. But your own brethren, how disheartening it must have been to face struggles from outside the church and opposition within the church. You want to talk about adversity? You want to talk about something that will take the wind out of your sails? Something that will knock the blocks right out from underneath you? Amen. They say friendly fire isn't so friendly when you're on the receiving end. Amen. In the 20th chapter of Acts, we find Paul in a council with the Ephesian elders as he bids them farewell. He, he recounts the fact that the road behind him has been filled with tears and trials. And he makes note of the fact that the Holy Ghost has testified that in every city that he's visited, that what lies before him is more trouble in the forms of chains and tribulation. But he says in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24, none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I may finish my course with joy. So that I may finish the race with joy. Paul's prevailing emotion isn't fear. Uh, Paul, is, his prevailing emotion uh, isn't bitterness or even dread. Uh, amen. He knows he's come out of much trouble and he knows he's headed into more trouble. Uh, but he's only worried about one thing. Uh, bondage and affliction await him. Uh, but he's only got one thing in his mind. Uh, whatever happens, uh, I don't want to lose my joy. Uh, whatever happens, uh, I want to make sure that I finish the course with joy. He's not praying, Lord, give me the courage to go home. He's not praying, Lord, don't let my faith fail me. He has only one prayer. Lord, don't let me lose my joy because the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord, that's how I made it this far. That's how I've come through so much. That's how I got to where I am. And if I'm going to make it home one day, that's how I'm going to get there. The joy of the Lord is my strength. 
Whatever you do, God, don't let me lose the joy of my salvation. Whatever you do, God, uh, don't let me get so browbeaten by the devil. Don't let me get so overwhelmed by the affairs and cares of life. Uh, Amen. That I lose sight uh, of the joy of the Holy Ghost. Uh, Whatever you got to do, God, uh, don't ever let me lose my joy. Some of us haven't really experience the joy of the Holy Ghost in such a long time that we've forgotten what it feels like. Come on now. We've been so wrapped up in trials and troubles and we've, we've let the circumstances and situations of our life leech away our joy and our praise. Uh, amen. We've let it stifle our worship. Uh, we've let it kill our joy. Uh, I come to tell somebody in this place tonight, you need to make up your mind. Uh, amen. I may not be the wealthiest person in the world. I may not have the best stuff. Uh, I may not have a, a fairy tale story at the end of my life, uh, but I'm going to finish my course uh, with joy. Uh, amen. Amen. You can take away my earthly possessions. Uh, You can take away my pride and my dignity. You can take away from me everything I hold dear. But devil, you can't have my joy. Uh, Amen. Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. I come to tell somebody in this place tonight, you need to make up your mind. I'm going to finish my course with joy. Lord, don't let me lose the joy of serving you. Lord, don't let me lose sight of the joy that you've given me. Lord, don't let the opposition rob me of my joy. I know it's going to be a fight. I know that hell is going to stand against me. I know there are going to be valleys in my tomorrows. I know that trouble and trial is waiting on me. But Lord, whatever you do, don't let me lose my joy. Let me share a strong spiritual principle with you tonight. What happens in you is far more important than what happens to you. What happens in you matters way, way more than what happens to you. Because what happens in you determines how you come through whatever happens to you. And you can't control what happens to you, but you have a lot of bearing uh, on what happens in you. Uh, Amen. You can't control the trouble and the trial that you're going to encounter. People are going to do you wrong. Uh, Amen. Sometimes it's just going to go the wrong way. Sometimes uh, time and circumstance is just going to happen. It rains on the just uh, and the unjust alike. You can't control that, but what you can control is what it does on the inside. Uh, The joy of the Lord uh, is my strength. Uh, You need to make up your mind tonight uh, that no matter what happens to you, you're not going to let the joy of the Lord die in your heart. I come to speak to somebody on a Sunday night that you need to stop right in the middle of your trouble. You need to stop right in the middle of your trial. You need to stop right in the middle of the circumstance that has just about overwhelmed you, and you need to stir up a little joy. You need to stir up a little rejoicing. You need to refresh yourself in the knowledge. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my strength because no matter what happens to me, I'm not letting it rob me of what happened in me. 
no matter what happens to me. I'm not letting it take away from me what God put inside of me. I've got joy in my heart. No matter what's going on on the outside, no matter what's happening in my world, I've got joy in my soul. And no matter what anybody says, amen, I've got a joy that is my strength. Let me tell you something about this Holy Ghost that God has given you. It was made for tough times. It was made for trouble. It was made for hard times. It was conceived in the fire. It's already been tried and proven uh, in a crucible of suffering and pain. Uh, the world can't dish out anything that the Holy Ghost in you can't overcome. Uh, some of you have been beside yourself for far too long worrying and fretting about the things uh, that are out of your control uh, until you've just about lost your joy. Uh, I come to tell somebody in this house tonight whatever you do don't lose your joy because it's a source of your strength job wrote a letter to a church under attack and in the middle of a great falling away as adversity both within and without sought to destroy the church jude wrote in the 24th verse of his one chapter letter now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory. How? With exceeding joy. He's not just going to bring you through. He's not just going to deliver you from the trial. He's not just going to bring you before his presence with faultless glory, but he's going to do it uh, with exceeding joy. Uh, whenever you walk through heaven's door, come on somebody, you're not going to walk through all down in the molly grubs. Uh, you're not going to walk through with a frown on your face, uh, with a long face and all kinds of weariness showing in your features. Uh, it's the joy of the Lord uh, that's going to take you through heaven door one day whatever you do don't let the antagonist of your soul rob you of your joy whatever you do don't let the troubles take away your song somebody in this place needs to look hell square in the eye and testify I may be pressed on every side. I may be perplexed and persecuted. I may be cast down and afflicted. But devil, you haven't taken away my joy. Come on, somebody. I may have lost a lot of things, but I ain't lost my joy. Amen. I may not have everything I want, but I got my joy. Amen. Devil, you can take a lot of stuff away from me, but you can't take away my joy. I got something on the inside that means more than anything that's happening on the outside. I've got a song in my soul that this world can't silence. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Peter admonished the persecuted church in 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you.
who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time wherein ye greatly rejoice. Uh, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness uh, through manifold temptations, uh, that the trial of your faith, uh, being much more precious uh, than of gold that perisheth, uh, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ whom having not seen ye love in whom thou know though now you see him not you believe rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory somebody needs to shake your finger in the devil's face and tell him I may not be able to see my God I may not be able to see my deliverer I may not be able to see how my victory is going to come but I'm going to rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory I may not get through Unscathed. I may get out of this battle with a wound and a limp. Amen. I, I, I may be weary on the other side of this trial, but let me tell you one thing. Whenever you see me on the other side, I'm going to be rejoicing because the Lord has delivered me, because the Lord has brought me through. Come on, somebody. You may be going through the trial of your faith. You may not be able to see God at work in your circumstance. You may be enduring some difficult things for a season of time but you need to tell the devil I still got my joy it's unspeakable joy full of glory I come to tell somebody in this place tonight you need to take a moment and forget the tolls and trials forget the circumstances that have so occupied your mind you need to take a moment and just rejoice in the Lord God hasn't put anything on you that you can't endure. Come on, God hasn't led you into something that he doesn't have the power to bring you out of. God hasn't let anything come into your life that he hasn't already, the scripture said, made a way of escape from it. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit, you ready? The fruit of the Spirit I'm going to say that one more time. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Uh, somebody needs to remind yourself tonight, uh, my joy didn't come from this world. Uh, my joy didn't come from material possessions. Uh, my joy didn't come from my good health uh, or my bank account. Uh, my joy is the fruit uh, of the Holy Ghost uh, that lives inside of me. The fruit of the Spirit uh, is joy. Uh, that means the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. Come on, somebody. That means the world didn't put it in me and the world can't take it out of me. I've got a joy that comes from the Holy Ghost. This joy I've got will outlast the fiercest storm. This joy I've got will carry me through the deepest valley. It's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's a joy that the Lord has given to me. Let me tell you something about the trouble and trial that you're facing. It may seem to be overwhelming right now. 
It may seem to be more than you can bear. But God has a purpose that is beyond your understanding. I'm reminded of the story of Joseph standing before his brethren and making the profound statement, you meant it for evil, but God turned it into good. You meant to kill me. You meant to destroy me. You meant to bring me low. But God stepped in, and he's made something good out of it. I want to tell somebody in this house on a Sunday night, that when hell loses chaos and tribulation into your life to destroy you, a heaven's going to turn it around and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. Can I tell you tonight that the thing that seems like it may destroy you may actually be the thing that God is using to bring you the greatest blessing that you've ever experienced. Somebody needs to stir up some joy in your heart. The storm doesn't really matter. Come on, the the trials and the opposition, they're always going to be there. I'm going to tell you a profound truth. A year from now, you're not even going to remember the trial you're in right now. It's going to be something else. There's still going to be trouble. There's still going to be adversity. There's still going to be worries and doubts and fears. That doesn't go away. But the thing changes. uh, Because a year from now, uh, amen, God's going to have already brought me through this valley. uh, Amen. It's going to be the next step in the journey. It's going to be the next thing that I'm up against. uh, So I come to tell you the trial doesn't really matter. The storm doesn't really matter. The valley doesn't really matter. What matters uh, is that you finish your course uh, with joy. Uh, What matters is that you make up your mind, whatever happens to me, uh, amen, it's not going to rob me of my joy we used to sing an old song that said the joy of the Lord is my strength 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 there was a verse in that song that said the devil doesn't like it Ha 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 ha. The devil doesn't like it. Ha 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 ha. The devil doesn't like it. Ha 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 ha. The joy of the Lord uh, is my strength. Uh, there was another verse that said, If you want joy, uh, you have to shout for it. Uh, if you want his joy, uh, you must dance for it. Uh, if you want his joy, uh, you must laugh for it. Uh, because the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's one thing to claim that the joy of the Lord is your strength. But until you rejoice, you haven't really allowed the joy of the Lord to strengthen you. The devil doesn't like it. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, the devil doesn't like it. That's why I'm going to praise him. Come on, the whole storm is designed to shut down my worship. The whole circumstance uh, has come into my life to rob me of my joy. Uh, amen. The devil doesn't like it, uh, but I'm going to praise him anyway. Uh, the devil doesn't like it, uh, but I'm going to magnify him anyway. The devil doesn't like it, uh, but I'm going to rejoice anyway because the joy of the Lord is my strength. 
Would you stand with me? Scientists have proven that laughter really is the best medicine. Laughter, the, the science tells us, laughter relaxes the whole body. I want you to come. Yes. Laughter relaxes the whole body. A good, hearty laugh. A good, deep-seated belly laugh. Relieves physical tension and stress. It can, science says, it can leave your muscles relaxed for up to 45 minutes after you stop laughing. Another study said that laughter boosts your immune system. Laughter decreases stress hormones. Laughter increases immune cells. Laughter, uh, it gives you strength in the areas of your body that fight off infection. Another study said that laughter triggers endorphins. Endorphins are those natural feel-good chemicals uh, that everybody's looking for in a pill bottle, that everybody's looking for in some synthetic drug. Uh, Amen, that's endorphins. Uh, And the the science says uh, that when you laugh, uh, it looses those endorphins uh, into your body. It creates a sense of well-being. Another study said that laughter protects the heart. It improves the function of the blood vessels. It increases blood flow. It can protect your heart against a heart attack. But listen, here's the most incredible thing that the research has revealed. The benefits of laughter are still there. Even when the laughter is forced or faked. When you don't feel like laughing, when you don't have anything to laugh about, when you have to force yourself uh, to laugh, uh, you still get the benefit of laughter. Somebody needs to hear this preacher on this Sunday night. Uh, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, when you don't feel like rejoicing, uh, when you don't have anything to rejoice over, when you don't know how to lift up your voice, uh, you still get the benefit uh, of rejoicing in the Lord.